Hey guys, welcome to Magnum Broadcast, episode number 405. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Weekend Geek, where we gather up the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the queue, the things that we're looking forward to reading, watching, streaming, listening to, enjoying, uh, whatever's out there for you. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and we're heading into summer now. This is usually the time that we'd be bringing you our blockbuster movie bracket buster uh, of all the summer movies that are coming out. But since no movies are coming out with all the theaters being closed currently... We're doing something a little bit different, and I'm introducing a blind bracket to the guys. It's so blind, I don't even know what it's going to be. A little, little spoiler, a little hint for what's coming up later. But, you know, it's not a surprise. That we're drinking beer? We're drinking beer. Paul, what do you guys got today? Ah, I felt like I knew that segue for some reason. I know, <laughs> it's deja I was going to say deja vu, but I'll say deja vu because those are the beers I have for later. Ooh. Ah! It all, it all ties in. It all ties in. Uh, John and I, we're actually drinking Brew Dogs Pulp Patriot Blueberry Blueberry Milkshake IPA. I know I said blueberry twice there, but that's how they have it written on the can. Uh, this big boy is 9.5% alcohol by volume. And John, do you taste it? No, you, I was actually shocked when I saw it on the side. Because I went, this drink's way too smooth to be that high a percentage. Plus, what what the hell is it doing being at that high, being this kind of a desserty beer? It's nice. I, I get a nice big, real blueberry flavor. Not that, like, smarty or, not smarty, but Skittles or, uh, you know, a candy blueberry, yeah. an artificial flavor blueberry. And I, it's really nice. And luxurious flavored, you know, it's got a nice creaminess to it. I feel, and yeah, and I mean, sounds, that's de- I, sounds decadent. Yeah, it is. And the, um, I mean, the blueberries on the nose too. You get this when you smell it. You get this big blueberry that finishes with this IPA smell. And even though it's a blueberry milkshake beer, you still get a nice like IPA ness to it. Um, no, it's all around really enjoyable. And I think just the purchase alone for the fact that it's like nine and a half percent and uh it's not boozy and i you know i pretty much crushed it um that's good i liked it chris uh what are you drinking brother uh, i'm drinking a beer from one of my all-time favorite breweries and this is founders brewing's four giants ipa uh this is a double imperial ipa and this is actually a blending of four of the previous recipes that they use for Imperial IPAs all mixed together. Um, I was trying to find which four IPAs went into this because based off of the label, the only one that I recognize is Double Trouble. And then even on the back of the bottle, and I'm going to read this just word for word. Uh, we've made a lot of Imperial IPAs over the years and in turn have had a lot of arguments over which one is the absolute best. So to settle this once and for all, our brewers mashed up four of our favorite recipes into an ultimate Imperial IPA. Four Giants boasts aggressive bitterness balanced with a malty sweet backbone, while huge aromatics come courtesy of seven American hop varieties. They don't even say which ones it is, but I'm assuming if you're a Founders veteran, you would recognize the four Giants that they actually have on the label. Again, the only one I knew was Double Trouble. Uh, 
after doing some research online, I did find out from the Chicago Now Beer or Not blog, um, it's a man out of Chicago who does beer reviews. He's the kind of a nut, that too. They listed, is he really? Yeah. I, I haven't watched the video, um, but the four base brands that they use for this are Sleeper Cell, Grease Monkey, 10K, and then the aforementioned Double Trouble. Uh, this is sitting at 9.2% ABV, and you do not get that alcohol burn on it at all. I think it's just all those different hops and just like there is a big like aromatic presence to it and a very piney resin just kind of like hits the tongue real quick but then just kind of washes back into a nice malt. This is incredibly drinkable. Uh, I picked up a four pack of this. I was going to have one of them the night that I brought it home just because I've been wanting to try this for a while. Uh, and I was going to save one for the show and just have the other two for, uh, you know, you know, drinking from throughout the week until I can make another beer run. Uh, this is actually my last one just because it's so drinkable and extremely crushable for something that's sitting at 9.2%. Like I, I just poured this right before we started recording and I'm already halfway through it. It's, it's great. Nice. Uh, this is one I just haven't gotten around to trying. It's on my list of uh, beers that I want to have. I just haven't gotten around to it's, it, especially with Masagave. If I'm buying anything yeah. from Founders, it's the grapefruit because I I bought another four pack and I'm I'm in heaven. I can get the regular Masagave at my beer store right now. They didn't have the double check the uh, dates one. the dates on that because okay. we initially started getting last year's in. Um, before. But see, even even that, I probably wouldn't mind. Like, I think I'd still be down for for picking that up again, though. Uh, uh, the only reason I didn't grab it is because uh, currently furloughed from work, so I don't have any income coming in. So the money I have has lasted me for the past two months, and it's looking like it's going to be at least like <laughs> another maybe half a month, two a month. So I'm trying to curtail as much of my spending as possible, but. Uh, I guess that means just treating myself to three beers instead of four. But I don't know. I, I would not be opposed to picking it up again. Even if it is last year's. Yeah. So let's get into the news, guys. What's out there in the news garden? Anything good? Uh, no. we, we got something I think is good only because I think it's fucking funny. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, Sony's got Spider-Man, they got the Venom movies, they're going to have this uh, Morbius movie. So they got this Spider-Universe of movies coming out. And what they really need is a good, solid name to say, like, hey, this is the Spider-Man universe. Well, aren't they just calling it the Spider-Verse, you know? Making off of the animated film from uh, last year that everyone like universally loved, Into the Spider Verse, isn't it an Oscar award-winning yeah. film as well? <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, it is. But no, um, uh, they're calling it uh, Spunk. 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 Small. What? S P U M C. Oh, Spunk. Which is uh, what is it like? Sony, Sony Pictures 
Uh, universe of Marvel characters. <laughs> oh, there's an O in there too. So small. Oh. Well, it's a little. It's a little O, so they don't put oh. it into the the, uh, the acronym. Acronym, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's <laughs> so stupid. Uh, but I I love it because it's so bad, and nobody is going to call it that. No, because you know what everyone's going to wind up calling it? The Spider-Verse. The Spider-Verse, because it's already proven branding, it's short, it's concise, and it works. Like It tells you everything that you need to know about what you're watching, because you're watching movies from Sony's Spider-Verse. They could even call it Sony's Spider-Verse, and I would still be like, okay, yeah, you know, that that works. SSP. Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. It's... It's not great. And, Paul, you were going to say something before we started recording. And I think I know exactly what you were going to say. Well, it sounds like the 1950s called. And this is what they came up with. Like, they called back. Hey, this is what we got. What do you guys got, 1950s? Ah, well, that sounds like you got the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters right there. A real spump. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely... I don't know why they're not capitalizing more on the Spider-Man aspect of it because they're just leaning into the Marvel side of it just to ride those coattails of Disney and Marvel because, yeah, you know, Marvel movies make a lot of money. Spider-Man, it's been pretty up and down and the most up it's been has been their movies with Marvel. So I don't blame them for wanting to capitalize on that. But at the same time, like, you're you're only able to use Spider-Man characters, which, as we discussed in our pre-show stuff, is nine thousand characters. But nine hundred, nine hundred. Okay, I thought, I thought John said yep. nine thousand. Well, what, hey, John what, likes to, you know. I didn't. Paul looked it up. I didn't have anything to do. With it. <laughs> I thought you said it. I said I found a uh, article from Screen Rant, which is talking about an article from Variety. Back in 2018, back right before Venom launched for Sony Pictures, mm-hmm. um, and they say they have access to over 900 characters from the Marvel catalog. Now, okay. I haven't been able to find an actual definitive list of those 900. There's probably like a master licensing list that you can find online, but 900 characters, at least six of those are different offshoots of Green Goblin. Then you've got your Robbie Robertson, your Betty Brands. Like, it's all going to be the side characters and ancillary characters that you know, nobody's going to really care about. Nobody's going to go see Ben Urich, Ace Reporter, you know. Come on, it's Silver Sable? <laughs> well, you're saying well, you're not going to see a Silver Sable movie? I'm not, because Silver and Black, the Silver Sable Black Cat movie's been shelled at Sony. Like, Well, 2018 article didn't realize that. They were... Posting that pretty they're hard. So hyped, they're so hyped on the future. But again, Spider Verse, Sony. It was it was there all along. Is this like I the think, she is this the she's all that batting of Sony Universe? Like they don't realize what they've got. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're they afraid see, they of what they got. It. Remember, it took until the uh North Korea hack to show that Sony didn't realize what they had with Spider-Man to actually them reach to have them then reach out to Marvel to be like, yeah, let's we need your help. They they were spinning their wheels before that. Um, 
I think they really do not understand what they have with Spider-Man. And I think that's why they're leaning into the Marvel Universe. Because they know Marvel Universe is a known property that just makes money. They were able... Marvel was able to make money off of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Characters that nobody heard of, nobody cared about. Even the comic book fans. That wasn't the big comic book lineup until... um, What's that writing duo that Abnett and Lanning did? And that wasn't even their lineup. So I think they want to lean into, hey, we got 900 characters here. We can mix mix and match them however we want, and maybe something will stick. I think they were surprised that Venom did as well as it did. Uh, Well, they did also recently announce the title for Venom 2, which is Venom Let There Be Carnage. Bad. Do you think you think they're going to wind up changing that? Because that's not a great it's title. A bad either. title. It's going to be Venom. Let there be carnage. Part of Spunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spunk per- presents Venom, a Spider-Man universe movie. Let there be carnage. Coming soon. Carnage movie. I think you got to put some colons in there. Coming soon oh. from the studio that brought you Morbius. Well, actually, I don't know which one's coming out next. I'm assuming it would be Car- or not Carnage, but Morbius because that one's already been working. We started like you know filming it. We got the trailer for it. Well, you know it, it will be in theaters, but you know what won't be in theaters? Universal movies. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. Uh, yeah, so uh, theaters are rallying together uh, to boycott Universal movies because they put trolls. World Tour out um, direct to streaming instead of releasing it in the theaters. And um, what was it? Uh, AMC was the first, and then Regal joined it to say that they were going to boycott Universal Films. Yeah. Now, we talked about this briefly last episode, I think. All the movie theaters have been shut down. Like, I'm not saying they should be happy for whatever they can get once everything reopens. But Universal Pictures, yeah, Trolls was a hit. I don't remember how much we said Trolls 2 wound up doing. Um, or they how much made Trolls over, They made oh, in their $19.99 uh, video on-demand service you know, thing that they did, uh, they've made over $100 million in, okay. so far in the first like three weeks of it being opened. I mean, not, the original Trolls bad, movie. Like, didn't do that in five months of theatrical release. Uh, and I, I, I don't blame movie theaters for being scared of this because it's also been announced recently that Warner Brothers, WB Studios, is going to be putting out their Scooby-Doo prequel, Scoob, in the exact same way. Like, you'll be able to rent it streaming for, I think it's like $19, or you can buy the digital version of it for $25, like, same day. I mean, the... the Playing field's changing for how people see movies. We, we're seeing it change as it's happening. I mean, you know, just to go back to once everything started happening back in March, the week after Onward was released in theaters, it was available on Disney Plus for streaming. That's crazy. Like, that was going to be one of, you know, Disney, Pixar's big movies leading us into, like, the summer season. I don't remember how much money that movie made because... It was out for a week. Like I saw it opening weekend and then 
a couple days later, it's like, oh, coming soon to Disney Plus. Watch this movie at home. I'm so glad I went to see it in the theater. I, it's a movie I enjoyed. I know people loved seeing it at home, though, because in this crazy, weird time, like you're looking for as much entertainment as you can get. I just don't think it's smart for movie theater chains to be biting the hand that feeds because, okay, you're going to abandon Universal. You know, you could do the same thing for Warner Brothers. There's already articles out about how AMC's probably going to be going bankrupt just because they don't have any money coming in. This is like their busiest time of year and they have zero income. But I think this also is a tactic to be like, hey, we're boycotting them. Warner Brothers, Sony, please don't do what they did because we'll boycott you too then. I think it's their way of of trying to get other studios not to just go direct to streaming. It's it's possible, but when you see, you know, Trolls World Tour making that much money, who knows how Scoop's going to do. There's no numbers really available for stuff like Onward jumping from theater right to streaming. But uh, Dan Scanlon, the director of it, in an interview said, like, no, Disney's really happy with the response that they've gotten for Onward being moved directly to the streaming platform. Onward, uh, just because I looked it up on Box Office Mojo real mm-hmm. quick while you were talking, uh, it grossed $61.5 million okay. uh, domestically. Um, it opened up with a, almost well, $39.1 million. Okay. Uh, it was only out in theaters. I don't. March 6th is when it was released. So it was out for almost a month in theaters before it went to streaming. Because okay. um, I, I know everything you shut said down. Scoob a couple times there, Chris. Did you guys know that James Gunn uh, wrote the original screenplay and story for the original like uh, Scooby-Doo film with Matthew Lillard and uh, and Fred Prince Jr.? Jr.? And then they had nope. they had to tone it down because it was too dark. And too adult. I just, I just, I kind of want that cut. Release the James Gunn cut. Uh, yeah, there's an interview where he talks about everything that he wanted to do and that got cut out. Uh, interesting. I just found that out this oh, week. Oh, now I have never wanted a director's cut of anything until this moment. Oh, yeah, but they didn't even. I want the Scooby Doo. I don't care, John. <laughs> it's when people are online. Demanding a release of a director's cut. It is not rational. It is not sane. It doesn't mean there is that cut available in the world. It just, I just want it. Okay. I'm, I i don't care if it's not possible. I want it. <laughs> so it's up to the studio to release it. Even though it doesn't exist. And if they're hiding it. They're evil, and they're bad, and they need to release it. Otherwise, they hate their fans. I just think it's really stupid for theater chains to try to shake the cage on this. Like, we're we're learning that the studios can put these out on their own and have it be successful. Like, as much as I love going to the movies, if something's not available for me to see in the theater, I'm still going to watch it at home. The only... You guys know me. Ever since this podcast started, I hardly go to the movies at all. And now that we got that second-run theater right near our house, and the concessions are really cheap, 
Like, that's the majority of how I see movies during that second run. Or I'm a blood donor, and I give, get uh, movie passes every once in a while through doing that, and I'll go see the movies then. But, yeah, uh, I really have... There's no draw for me to see a movie in a theater. Like, it doesn't expand my experience at all. If, if I can watch it at home, I'd be just as happy. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I love going to the movie theater just because it's an excuse for me to get out and do something with my day off or my evening free from work. Um, and I, I like seeing movies in the theater because it's not so much that communal experience, but, you know, after I see it, I get to go to work the next day or I get to talk to you guys about it and be like, oh, my gosh, like this, this, this. But then to go back to Onward, like, yeah, I saw that movie in the theater the weekend it came out. But then as soon as it came out on Disney+, Plus, I had people texting me being like, oh, my gosh, I just watched Onward. I cried. Oh. We can still have that experience when stuff comes out digitally or streaming. Uh, I mean, the day uh, Stranger Things came out, like season three, 4th of July, next day when I'm at work, that's all everyone was talking about, like. Entertainment's changing, you know? Well, the other thing is, is, I mean, if movie theaters are still there and you have the option to go to the movies or rent it at home, maybe these people who are assholes at the movie theater will stay home instead of ruining my experience at the movie theater. Because even at Star Wars, I had an asshole next to me that I had to tell him, like, turn your phone off because he had his phone and he was just like swiping through apps he wasn't even on he wasn't even doing anything he was just <laughs> swiping through apps and i said put your phone away and he's like is it bothering you i'm like yeah it's bothering me you're shining it in my face while i'm trying to watch the movie and he turned it off and then he just stared at me for like five minutes and i look at him and i go you can stare all you want but the action is happening on the screen and like I had to do like I shouldn't have to have an argument with some asshole in the movie theater, you know. It's like the the, the last time I got into an argument with somebody at a movie theater was at the third or the fourth Rambo movie, which there shouldn't have been an argument because it was an awful movie. But this guy who's talking the whole way through the movie and kept slapping his feet on the floor. When they get to the moment where Rambo, who had found like a missile in the forest is then turning it into a trap. And he goes, what's he doing? And I turned and said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he starts acting like he's going to fight me. And he starts taking his gold chain off. And he's like, oh, I'm a fucking adult. Nobody tells me to shut up. And I said, if you're an adult, you know not to talk at the movies. And then other people in the thing are like, shut up, guy. And, and the whole movie turned <laughs> against him. The movie theater turned against him. And there wasn't a lot of people in the movie theater because it's an awful <laughs> Rambo movie. Because it's Rambo 4. Yeah, it's Rambo 4. You know? And, like, my dad is laughing hysterically the whole time through it as well. And then, like, the guy's, like, standing up and this this guy who was, like, a fireman with these three kids was like, just what, take it outside, guy. Like, it it was insane. But again, it sh- it's, it's at the movies. You should know not to talk. You should know not to be on your phone. You should know not to take phone calls during it. Like, if those people can stay home so I can see a movie in peace and enjoy <laughs> it, because I'm a cinephile, like, I love movies. I love going to the movies. I, I used oh, to. Oh, I thought you were 
I thought you were a creature that was summoned by Hellraiser for a second. Oh, uh, that is Xenobite. Cenobite. Oh. Xen- xenomorphs are Cenobite. aliens. Xen- if you oh, were yeah, cinephiles, you'd know that. But Cinephiles. Uh, uh, but, I mean, any longtime listener of this podcast, and we've been doing this coming on 11 years, like, there used to be a move, the movie fix. I used to have a movie segment at the end of every episode. Like, we, we got away with it because it just was too many segments. Uh, but... It just was one of those things, like, I, I love movies. I love going to the theaters. I, at this point, and with a child, like, to pay 20 bucks to watch it at home, it's not that bad. Because if I go with Caitlin and myself, it's 20 bucks. If I go with Caitlin, myself, and a child, it's 30 bucks. When we have a fourth child, like, or a, th- a, a second child, and there's four of us, it's $40 to go see trolls it's forty dollars to go see that and i'd rather spend forty dollars on anything else than taking my family to the, <laughs> the movies you know i don't know that's my rant as I, someone who loves movies. Hoping, oh, that's a good rant i'm hoping one of the things that we see come out of this kerfuffle is that possibly you know studios learn like okay well Maybe not every movie needs to have that big blockbuster opening weekend. Maybe we can put something out. We can just push it right to streaming. Maybe we see just those big tentpole movies come out in the theaters. And, you know, your Trolls World Tours go to... Has the ice cream truck come to somebody's house? Oh, yeah. No, like ice cream trucks driving through my apartment complex. Um, But, you know, maybe, maybe you get your Trolls World Tour go to streaming and then you get your spunk movies to the theater. Maybe you just go to the theater to see that big balls out action movie where you want to see it larger than life on the screen with crazy Dolby digital surround sound shaking your seats, you know? Yeah. But I think the theaters are more upset because it's trolls because it's a family movie. And John just said, if he was going to go, he would have to bring his whole family. So that's four tickets sold big action flick maybe it's just one or two tickets sold okay but and then kids want stuff i'm gonna disagree with you on that because okay yeah they might be selling four tickets to go see trolls but universal also owns fast and the furious you think they're gonna not want to have like that billions of dollars coming in versus the you know 250 million from a trolls movie i'm thinking that kids a lot of stuff yeah, but Kids a lot more people want are going to... concessions. Gonna, I'm an adult. I want concessions. Okay. I, I'm i not a Fast and the Furious fan at all. But that's going to be more in line with something I'm going to see and the people that I know and associate with are going to go see. I know a hell of a lot more people that are going to be going to the theater to see a Fast and the Furious movie than families are going to go be seeing a Trolls movie. And by saying, like, no, you know what? We're not fucking with Universal movies anymore. They're cutting out those Fast and Furious movies. You know, if The Mummy with Tom Cruise had become a thing and we were getting our dark universe, they wouldn't be getting those movies in in their theater. And are they just going to be devoting more screens to those Disney and Sony movies now? Because, yeah, you know, Disney and Marvel movies, they'll sell out, but... I don't, know, I don't even know what else was supposed to come out originally this weekend besides Black Widow. But, like, do you need more screens for movie XYZ? 
probably not. Like you're just going to be showing to empty theaters at that point. Well, the, the plan kind of is now that theaters are going to be showing to mostly empty theaters uh, to maintain social distancing. So they're going to devote. Like, instead of a movie that might have just had two screens devoted to it, they might have five screens devoted to that same movie just so they can sit people every other row, every other seat kind of kind of way. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting time. I would like to see uh, the breakdown of concession sales versus movies because I, I'm still thinking that family movies probably sell a lot more popcorn than the action flicks. But I don't know. You know, but... I, I want to know this breakdown. Numbers. Well, like when um, I used to work in the yeah. pizza shop, we sold a large soda with refills for $2. Uh, and that was a thousand percent profit for us. So they're spending, what, $8 for a soda? Like, that's, <laughs> that's, you know, four times as much as that. You know, like, they're making a, a ton of profits off of what they are selling at those concession stands, and then they keep adding. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get a pizza, you can get a hot, you can get a you can get a pretty good hot dog at the movie theater. I'm just saying, I enjoy hot dog movie theater hot dogs. Oh, I I always but get yeah, one. me too. I, I go we to used to go get them together. I, getting, like I get I get a hot dog, I get a popcorn, and I get a drink. Like so, I'm, I'm spending that money no matter what. Yeah, but you know. I will say also when I used to go to the movies as a kid with my grandmother or my aunt, we were popping microwave popcorn at home, smuggling it in in her purse, like because it was cheaper, you know. Yeah. And if you're going with like a family of four or five, you kind of want to we'll try always to get, get as like cheap Caitlin as always get popcorn, and I'll get like gummies or something like that, and then you know we'll bring in like seltzers or something, a can of seltzer each, or one to share, just because it's like. Mm. We just—I just want some fizzy water. Well, I'm going to say here at uh, Disney Springs too. Oh uh, yeah, we go to the cheap seats, so you know it's like five bucks for a uh, large popcorn. So we just get that. We're all right. Uh, Disney Springs, my AMC theater here. They don't tell you you can't bring food in. Like I can literally go get a pizza from Blaze or some chicken tenders from Guy Fieri's place, and I can just walk in with them. They don't say like, "Sir, you need to finish that outside." Like. You can pretty much bring in whatever you want. So they're not even getting money from that. Well, I still don't want to go to the movie theater, so I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Uh, uh, was, was there anything else well, we had for for news? I, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, so, we mentioned that Black Widow was supposed to come out this weekend. We got it. We shoehorned it all in. We're yeah, good. Everything fits. All right. Place for everything. Everything in its uh, place. And that's going to take us over to the queue, which uh, is you know something we're looking forward to happening this week. Uh, Paul is got. He's going to be Mr. Birthday Boy. Cinco, yeah, uh, Cinco de Mayo. It, thank you. Yeah. It's uh. So I'm celebrating this weekend. Because, you know, Cinco de Mayo falls on Taco Tuesday, which everybody in the world was excited about, apparently. I didn't um, even realize that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's still midweek, so it's lame. Uh, originally, I was going to take some days off, but, you know, with everything happening and me working still and could, could can contract the virus at any moment, 
I decided to save my holidays, uh, save my paid time off. Um, so I've been watching uh, the Star Wars movies and all the accoutrements, like kind of back to back here during this weekend. Started with the prequels, which Chris is why I was online playing World of Warcraft <laughs> because <laughs> the first two prequel movies are no good. Uh, they could not hold my interest, even with me being like, you know what? Let's. I'm going to sit through it. I want to watch this Phantom Menace again. Really give it a shot. And it's really yeah. cringy. I was on my laptop by the time they were leaving, getting to Tatooine. I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, Kate, go ahead, grab your laptop, do whatever you want online. <laughs> we'll have it on in the background. I'm going to play some video games. The only good uh, parts of that movie are. The Gai Kuan Jin Obi Wan in the beginning where they're escaping, and then yeah. uh, if you watch on YouTube the edited version where it's just the extended battle between Gai Kuan Jin, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul. Those are the only two parts that are worth watching in that movie. Yeah, and then we rolled right into uh, Attack of the Clones. Attacks a little bit better. Like it's good. still not either great. that same night, but what has been good is uh, Clone Wars. Uh, I did watch the Clone Wars animated movie. Remember that to have launched the Clone Wars series. That not so good. No, it's it but doesn't hold up that well. <laughs> the last three episodes are out now. Uh, this we're recording on Sunday. This episode's coming out. We'll release it on Wednesday. So Monday was uh, May the fourth. At which point all. Four episodes, last the last four episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars series, uh, series seven, will, will be out, and these have been slappers. These are all good. They're just it's sh- it seems like these were made to be a standalone movie that are now broken up in four parts. Like they don't even do the same kind of intros. They just get right into the action uh, for parts two and three. It's Ahsoka Tano, basically uh, on Mandalore, fighting Darth Maul, freeing Mandalore from his uh, reigns, the Siege of Mandalore, and also what happens with her during Order 66. Spoilers for Episode 3 at the Shattered. That is when Order 66 comes down, and she's basically on the run on uh, her own ship uh, from all the clones. And what happens with Rex and her during this time. Uh, really good. Really fun. Uh, now that all four are out, definitely go and watch them. Uh, there are some great action sequences. They get Ray Parks, the guy that did the mocap and was in the makeup for uh, the original prequels. Said it already. Darth Maul. Hmm? This is helping you. Was you it? did, like, a really long pause, like you couldn't remember. Oh, uh, yeah. Ray Parks uh, is, is Darth Maul in the first movie. He comes back in Solo in that makeup, but he does a mocap for uh, one of the episodes for the lightsaber battle, and it's a really good, fluid lightsaber battle. It's not all jumpy around, just, like, weird animated stuff. It feels like it has weight, and it's, like... One of the best lightsaber battle sequences I've seen in a long time. Even though I do like the new trilogy lightsaber sequences quite a bit. But, you know, it it 
it's a sequence that has weight to it. Like they feel like people fighting, other than just a you know an animated cinematic. I talked a lot because yeah. I think and it's I, that good, and well, I'm these, really excited I think you about had things. a lot to talk about though between the movies and then the the show. So and I heard it makes sense. I heard the end of the show is also setting up the those characters to return in the Man- Mandalorian. So, ooh. Hey, also came out on Monday is uh, the Mandalorian, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. And apparently a couple of those episodes, Doc- Dave Filoni really... Docu-series. And that's my that's my pick for the queue. Ooh! Synergy! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go use the restroom while, John, you talk about it, because I'm already that excited uh, about it. Like, ready for this? I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the Mandalorian docu-series. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know anything about it. I didn't want to know anything about it. I wanted to go in fresh. Uh, I hear... Uh, who, who is it, Paul? Yeah, he, he's, he says something in it. Yeah. Uh, John, do you remember the IFC series that uh, the director and the creator of I'm Mandalorian needs my to computer do? computer trying to figure out dinner, what for. Dinner with Friends... Uh, what was it called? Dinner, dinner of five. Dinner, party of five. Dinner, par- no, not. You're talking of about five. party of Are five. Are you talking about the uh, no. the director of Iron Man and Happy Hogan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. guy. Oh, yeah, I know. Yes. You remember that series he had on IFC where he would bring in just people that were involved with the project and they would all talk about and that. That's project? what the stock series is. It feels uh, a lot of people are saying that's what yeah, it feels nice. like. That'd be yes. fun. You kind of had that in his uh, the last series series of Chef, where he had people in uh, and talked to them who were people who've been in his movies and uh, yeah, different actors. Sam Raimi was in one, which was pretty good. Hmm. Are you now more excited or less excited? Well, I'm a little more. I, no, I'm still as excited. I'm looking forward to just interesting look at the Mandalorian behind the scenes and discussing of like the concept art to the, how they filmed it and what they were going after. Like all of that I'm interested in, but Chris, what are you looking forward to? So Paul can go pee and not, not I, hear I, or care what he, you are going to do. He could have gotten, no, now to, I got to hear. He could have gotten to go pee for a while. Cause I was going to try to vamp about the, uh, Fox doc. You not, not like drama, not comedy, but the, the Fox show Party of Five oh. for a little bit until he came back. <laughs> no, I don't know Party of Five. Matthew really? Fox was in it. Nope. Ma- Matthew, Matthew Fox, Matthew, Nev Campbell, Lacey Chabert. Uh, Matthew Fox show. and something Wolf. What, what was his name? Oh, Scott, Scott Wolf. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in yeah. it? Yeah. Oh. I don't remember how long it was on for, but that was like wasn't it? Friday wasn't night, it like but... one season? I don't remember. I gotta look. I gotta look it up now. <laughs> yeah, it's like an easy look. Duh, duh, duh. Um, it was a good show. Like you know, families sure. parents and why, die. In a why were you going to talk about? <laughs> well, just to fill space because we were talking about uh, dinner for five, party of five, a ninety-four to two thousand. What? What? Really? Yeah. Was it that long? That's like sliders episodes. They just kept going, and then um, there was like a party of five. Remake? Well, okay, so did John Favreau have them on for 
dinner for five for party of five? No, because I mean that's well, the not that I know of. Crossover. Uh, but uh, there is a party of five from 2020 that only ran a season, and uh, it was um, s- Spanish like- Spanish speaking. Oh, okay. I, I'm not going to map anymore. I'm just going to get into my next one. So when Paul comes back, we can get into the uh, the next segment and the next beer. Uh, I'm actually looking for something that's coming out only on streaming. And this is going to be available over on Amazon Prime with Upload. And this is coming from creator Greg Daniels. And if his name sounds familiar, it's because you know him as uh, writer, director, and producer on such shows as The Office, Parks and Rec, Seinfeld, and King of the Hill. Um, this is his new show that's taking place in a digital afterlife where you're able to set up what you want your afterlife to be when you die or happen to go brain dead or wind up in a coma. Um, And this is following a character named uh, Nathan, who's actually being played by Robbie Amell. Stephen Amell's cousin, did we decide last episode? Yes, cousin. Okay. (laughs) I thought so. Uh, But this is his first foray. Uh, after being declared brain dead, into his brand new digital afterlife. Reviews of it have been kind of middling, but I'm just a fan of Greg Daniels and just kind of that groundedness that he could bring to characters, um, especially when they're in crazy big situations, like something like a um, like a good place, you know? Like he has that kind of flow to his writing. Uh, so something I'm interested in. Yeah, this looks fun. Um, yeah, that's I, I've I've seen the preview for it. I was getting uh, this and uh, Phase Eight or whatever the other the movie he's got out. Oh, Cody! Cody. I was getting those uh, mixed up in my head because I was like, he's, he had the two things coming out, and I was like, well, when's, uh, mm-hmm. isn't this? Isn't he supposed to be dead? Isn't he supposed to have superhero powers? Like, uh. No, but this is actually because I listened to it, um, the Office Ladies podcast with the, the actresses who played Jenna and Pam on The Office. And in one of the more recent episodes, they actually had Greg Daniels on to talk about one of the episodes that he had written. And they talked a little bit about Upload. And I'm like, oh, that's actually coming out right now. Like, I should I should check this out. And this is actually the first thing that he's fully written on his own since the finale of The Office, which is universally lauded as like one of the best episodes of that series. Um, so yeah, definitely something I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out. And is Paul back yet? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, Chris, have you seen the black mirror? At all? I haven't, but it, it's, is... it's on my, my list. It's in my queue for, uh, I think there's an episode in the second season that basically deals with this. Same idea. Same and you know this from reading, gotcha. reading the wiki, right? Not actually watching it? No, because Kate Kate actually watched Black Mirror, and she this is one of the three episodes that Kate had me watch. Uh, and it what? was good. San, San Quanto? San, San DiMarco? San something is the uh, name of the episode. No, Black Mirror is on my list of things to get through eventually. And it's weird saying that now in like a time where I have nothing but time to sit down and watch stuff. Uh, but that, and then also that other Netflix series, uh, Love, Death, and Robots. I wanted to get through that too. San Junipero. 
is the name of the episode. Um, and I just saw this. This just popped up for me. But um, DC and Diamond's exclusive uh, deal has ended 25 years to the day it began. That their um, DC is no longer under exclusive contract with uh, Diamond Comics for distribution. Wow. Uh, does the article mention what they're going to do for distribution? Uh, well, they can they can still use Diamond most likely, but right. Diamond doesn't have like the exclusive rights because I mean, actually, we talked about it. You know, past couple episodes, DC is using another like mail order company to basically get their books out to stores that are open and have access to to selling them. So, I imagine they're still going to be using Diamond. Just because Diamond's like the mass market retail, or like pretty much every store uses them, but I think this just kind of frees them up to to go through other people. Yeah, that's pretty much what the uh, the article I'm skimming through pretty much says. Um, and they're going to be shifting yeah, comics distribution to Warner Publishing Services, um, which used uh, to send magazines to newsstands and different stuff like that. So it sounds like they might be using that instead of Diamond. I would like that if that means we get a wider... If we get a return of the spinner rack at, you know, grocery chains and everything, I think that would be good for the comic book industry. You know, a wider distribution. So if it's following their magazine distribution, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all- I'm okay with them, especially if they're putting out stuff like they're doing in Walmart, where it's that brand new content with some of that top tier reprint stuff or titles that they want people to check out. Um, why not? Like, that's what I loved about that uh, Superman or Batman Walmart book that I picked up. It was like four bucks. I think there's like a hundred pages of comic books in it. It's a good read, and it, I said it on our look back for that. That's definitely that kind of thing that, you know, I would beg for as a kid, like, when I went to the grocery store with my mom or my aunt, be like, hey, can I get this comic book? And they'd be like, yeah, sure, just to shut me up, because you, you're getting a lot of story, and I feel like I got my money's worth out of buying it, even as an adult who read and owned most of those comic books that were reprinted in the back already. Well, even in the early parts of the list... I was buying my books because I wasn't able to get to the comic book shop. I was buying my books, you know, Green Lantern and this and that. Like, I was buying those at the supermarket. I was there, you know. <laughs> I picked it up and I, you know, that I was making those purchases there to get my books. Um, it was mainly DC and Marvel. You know, it was basically only DC and Marvel at the time, but we were really DC fanboys at the time. Uh, yeah. I I like the idea of like the anthology comic book coming out from a publisher. As much as I love, you know, monthly comic books, in other countries that's just common, like over in the UK or Australia or Japan, there's just like a big bible of comic books that comes out, you know, once a month or every couple of weeks that just kind of catches you up on everything. And that's actually something that I don't want to say failed publisher, but collapsed publisher Crush Gen actually used to do. Uh, where 
they would put out their forge and it was $10. It was a like trade paperback style of book, but they would come out monthly and it would have like the next issue of each book in their universe in it. Um, and for 10 bucks, you would get like five full comic book issues. And then, you know, the next month you'd be able to go buy forge number four, which would have the next issues in it. From a cost standpoint, for just like a sit down to like binge reads, like it might not be the best. Like, okay, I only want to read Way of the Rat, uh, Fantastic Cross Gen book. You know, you'd wait, but then you would have all these other books. So instead of just spending three bucks for one comics, nine or ten bucks for five, yeah, like that's that's a good value. And then you might find something you didn't know you wanted before. Well, it felt like DC was testing the waters with that when they were kind of putting like those, it was like five zero issues, like four books that were about to launch or five books. And they, they put out like all those little stories, um, in it leading up to it because, uh, we reviewed a couple of those for the look back, you know, and then all of a sudden they just stopped doing it, but they had done it a couple times and, and we enjoyed well, it. They still, they still do that. And like, some way, though. I mean, even going back to the Robin 80th anniversary special that we read for the monthly trading policy, or for the monthly look back last month, that was all new content, all new short stories, but so many of them were set in the times of different Robins. The Damien Wayne one was actually the setup for a new story coming out. So they still kind of slide stuff in under that radar. Um, I, I don't know. Give me a lot of comic books for a lot of uh, a little bit of money. I'm happy. Yeah, and uh, what I'm happy with is beer most of the time. Ooh. John, what are you uh, drinking? I'm drinking from Sloop Brewing. Their double dry hopped juice bomb, North Northeastern Special Edition IPA. I'm almost done with this. Uh, it's six point five percent. And um, those hops are really pushing it in this book, uh, in this beer. Regular Juice Bomb, I think, is absolutely fabulous. Eleven ninety nine for a six pack. It's a fantastic beer for the price. Um, usually, always fresh at a good beer shop. Um, and this, I was super excited about because I was like, man, this is going to be pushing the limits. And it almost seems over hopped like those hops. Like when you open the can and you pour it in, it really has that, um, weedy, uh, weed kind of smell to it. Um, the oats are there. The hops are kind of overpowering the juiciness of this beer that is normal, Mm -hmm. normally super juicy. Um, it's good. But I think I would take a ju- regular juice bomb over uh, the double dry hopped. Paul, your opinion I, about this I, beer? I, I just started drinking it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And if I was, you know, this says juice bomb on the label. Like, and compared to their regular like grass juice bomb, bomb, yeah, it's not a juice bomb. It's Yeah. But... The thing is, I've been so over juice bombed with all of the different types of very juicy, hazy, New England style IPAs out there 
that I'm kind of swinging, I'm, I'm kind of swinging back to wanting that piney, that Serenavet. Like when I got that Serenavet out of Sampler, I was like, ooh, this is scratching an itch that I didn't even know I had. You know, with that piney, grassy, earthy, uh, hop flavor again. So here, boom, zesty, juicy up front, and then finishes with that grassy, earthy, piney, resiny, uh, IPA. I'm enjoying it. If I were to buy it specifically for that juicy, hazy thing, I would be upset with it. But for, but it's, I'm enjoying what it's doing. I don't know if I would be happy with it if I bought a four pack expecting something from it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You, I mean, you got this the best way you could in a craft your own. In, in a craft, yeah, came in a craft your own. Um, I'm happy that it's there. I'm really enjoying what it's doing. Now that we've talked about it, if it seems interesting to you, I think. People should be aware of what it is. Yeah, it should be called Grass Club. And is like, it on? we've had like the, I mean, yeah, uh, you've had like um, New Zealand Bomb, and they've done different things where they've changed the hops, and the beer's usually fantastic. You know, Simcoe Bomb, Nelson Bomb, um, but this I expected a lot more juiciness out of it. Like it, it, the the double dry hopping of it really yeah. changed the nature of this beer where I'm used to the hops giving different character to the beer, but not changing the beer as a whole. I think this would be an interesting thing to give somebody that wasn't sure what type of IPA they would rather have. Like he pours this, this for somebody and they're like, Oh, I don't know if I'm East coast or West coast, man. I really don't know. You pour this out, you give it to them. It's the sorting hat of I, see, I don't. Style. This is not because if they like the if they like the front part, if they like the front part, the first taste, and they're like, "Ooh, that juiciness up front." That's what I really like. Are you Ooh, getting that much juicy out of this beer? I do. The first cup. The uh, let's fir- let's you know let's, while it's in your talk, mouth and uh, once you get halfway through this beer. Because it's a grass bomb. Like, the juiciness I think, really wears... I think I am. ...really wears through. Um, so do you think it's kind of like a lingering, like that grassy, like, hoppy malt on it that's kind of covering up that fruitiness the further you get into I, it? Is it just like an initial fruit I, pop that maybe Paul's getting that you've lost? I don't now? think I got any juiciness to it. Like, I don't know if the definition of the juicy is something that Paul and I are differing on. Because I don't know exactly what he's tasting, and he doesn't know what I taste, and how we describe what that is. Yeah. But I don't get a lot of juiciness out of this. I definitely get the odiness, and I get the grassy hoppiness of this beer. I've been drinking this pretty quickly, and I think I'm uh, maybe okay. A third. I've been drinking maybe, this fairly, fairly slowly half, half. because it just is very. Abrasive. I still think it's good. I still wow. like it, but it's not. If you told me this was a double dry hop juice bomb, I would say you're crazy and you need to get out of here. This beer does not represent juice bomb from Sloop. Mm. Yeah. No, while, while it's in my mouth and I'm just sipping, you know, I take a big gold glug of it. 
and I'm slowly, you know, taking it in, I'm getting that rich, juicy flavor. And then as soon as I swallow it, that F, then that, you know, grassy, earthy IPA I mean, comes are you through caught, on like the aftertaste. The, the kind of tarty, bitter, I guess, grapefruitiness, uh, uh, like that. Are you calling the juiciness? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all I, I see, juicy. I, I up wouldn't front, say that. That's like to me, that's more. That's it's straight more juice up bitter. Front. More bitter than juicy. It's not. It's it's juicy, but still piffy. You know it's, what I mean? It's, like it's you get the juice with a little 90, of the pulp, it's a little bit of piff. piffy. Oh no! Right. For me, it's and, and, and this is, and this is and, where yeah, we're different, is, and we have different taste yeah. buds for two different people, and, and it's fine. So it's both I can be true. A three and a half on Untapped. Oh, John, you know what I'm giving four it on Untapped because you're o- you're always <laughs> four and a half. Everything. <laughs> uh, Chris, yes. What are you drinking? Uh, I am not drinking a juice bomb or a grass bomb. Uh, I'm actually drinking a milk stout, and this is coming from not local, but semi-local, located over in Tampa, uh, Deja Moo from Hidden Springs Aleworks. And this is a milk stout that's been brewed with chipotle and cocoa nibs. And I swore off drinking pepper beers a while ago on the show, just because so many times it's just like a pepper bomb. And it covers up everything else that you would get out of that beer just because there's that, like, big pepper flavor and, like, a lot of heat associated with it that just kind of numbs your tongue to the rest of, like, those notes that you're looking for and you're drinking something. I didn't even pay attention to what this beer was when I went to buy it from my beer store. Uh, I was excited just to get Four Giants, and then I saw stuff from Hidden Springs. I was like, okay, you know what? This is kind of a way to cheat. I'm buying at a store, but I'm still supporting, like, you know, quote unquote, local brewery. Uh, yeah, why not? And then they had an offshoot version of it that I picked up as well, because I'm like, okay, perfect for the podcast. Uh, and it wasn't until I got home and actually cracked a can of this open to uh, drink while I was just, like, I think I was watching Parks and Rec that night. Uh, that I was like, oh, it's brewed with Chipotle. It's not a bad, big, bold Chipotle flavor. Right up front, you get a lot of just that, that nice, rich, sweetness from like the cocoa nibs and the fact that it is a milk stout. Uh, and then it's just a little bit of a pepper taste on the back. It's very subtle, but ultimately it's very rewarding. Like it's super easy to drink. Um, Paul and I, it's not Paul and I have been trying to sell you on these beers for a while because like Choco Vesa, um, Pri- uh, Prairie Bomb, bad. like, um, Abraxas, they're these great big chocolatey beers with this nice little cho- like nice little pepper right at the end. It's been a bit since I had a Chocobesa, but I think this is a little bit more subtle than that. Like it's just like that kind of I'm just, warming, I don't, but not spicy. I, I would say not even warmth. It's just like the Chipotle flavor. Smoky? Yeah, it's like that little bit of smoky like pepper taste. Not heat, mm-hmm. which yeah. it's like an overwhelming pepper flavor and heat that you usually get on a pepper-based beer that I don't like because, you know, in a situation like Deja Vu, 
I want to get that, you know, nice milk sugar sweetness. I want to get that multi choco, uh, chocolate in it, like on the backside, like, and then that pepper. I think this is a good melding of all of it, but ultimately like nothing about any of those flavors really sticks out. Like it's so well leveled that you're able to pick them up. You're able to note them and it's, it's a good beer, but ultimately like, it's just a good beer. Like there's nothing to stand out about it. That makes you be like, Oh man, I, I need more of this. I'm just drinking it because I'm enjoying it. Like it's, it's solid. Uh, I read, this is my second one of the four pack. I have no issues with drinking the other two, but it's not going to be like a, Oh man, I can't wait to get into it. Kind of beer. And now a dramatic reading from he man Thundercats. Number one, page 12, panel five. Sort of omen. Oh, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, give me sight beyond sight. Eventually, that was a dramatic reading <laughs> from He-Man Thundercats, number one, page 12, panel five. And let's get into the main topic, guys, because uh, I know we got a lot more beer to drink and we're excited about it. But uh, let's get the main topic going first. I'm excited. Chris, this is a bracket? This is a bracket. That we're going to bust? And I got a... I gotta... Together? John, you got a what? I got a paper, a notebook... I got a pencil. I was I asked before the show if a pencil was appropriate because Chris said pens and paper, so, and I have a pencil. Some sort of writing implement is Paul, all you're going to need for this. Paul had a pencil, but he didn't like that pencil, so he had to go didn't get a like new it. one. I'm good with mine. Got a pen. I got a big. I got a big pencil. Yeah. Like you can't go wrong with a bit. Also, guys, pencil. I got. I got Google Docs right over here. So if you hear typing, that's just me. That works too. So. I want to do something a little bit different, something still fun, something still that harkens back to our long storied history of doing a summer movie blockbuster bracket buster, like set up at the beginning. Uh, no movies coming out, so we still don't have movies available to do. But I, I was thinking about something like, what can we do for a bracket? Something that's always been there to support us as a podcast. No, because the bracket's a good fallback. And then I started thinking, what are the best supporting players in the comic book universe? So, I submit to you guys, for episode number 405, the summer supporting players bracket. No. So, Alfred. Hmm? What was that, Paul? So, Alfred. So, so you're Alfred. But... So I have it divided into four different segments, but they're not going to be going Ooh. up against each other. Now, the reason for this being is you're going to have your clear winners of, you know, your Alfreds over somebody else. There's no seating in this bracket. So what? No, I know, Paul. I'm sorry. And I apologize for that, but <laughs> you're destroying hope, my world. I hope you will understand why, because I have four different segments or I guess four different bags that we're going to be drawing everything from. And this is going to be completely random. I have a number of oh, seating a, is random. The seating is okay. going to be random, but also in that point, you might have, you know, something going up against something you wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily think because 
there's no way to have all of this be even. And I'm hoping as we're going through it, you will understand why. Because this is those people or things that are always going to be there for your main characters. Whether it's in the comic books, the movies, the cartoons, the TV shows. This is going to be your favorite supporting player to the main characters. Do I still make it, like, as a bracket? Oh, it's still it's still going to be a bracket. Okay. And I, I don't I only know to... how to do brackets because of the show and because of Paul. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Because we're going to get into our first matchup right now. And the way we're going to be progressing stuff through the bracket is through all three of us. You're not picking who... So this conference... What? So you're saying that you got four major segments, four different bags, four different conferences, mm-hmm. as if we would, you know, in the it's bracket it's world. Sports, yes. Yeah. But we will be picking our ultimate like winner, our champion, through discussion. So we're all going to have the same bracket. It's basically going to be majority vote pushes them through the matchup. Are you with me? I'm with you. So the first matchup. So the first matchup. I have a random number generator here because, like I said, everyone has a number associated with them. First number is going to be number 11, which is actually going to be Lois Lane coming out big. Lois Lane, you may know her as Superman or Clark Kent's girlfriend, also star reporter from the Daily Planet. She's going to be going up against number one, who's going to be Crypto the Superdog. Okay. Wow, a Superman matchup. It's a super matchup. Not something I planned on, but again, this is all random. So, again, this is taking into account all aspects of the media. Because some of these characters you might only be able to find in comics. Some of them you might only be able to find in movies. Some of them you might only be able to find in TV shows. Some of them have been focused on more in some of those respective mediums. It's all random, baby. This is where the fun comes in. <laughs> so... All right. Superman. He's he's picking from both of these two. He's got his favorite lady. He's also got his Superman's best friend here. This is a a weird but tough fun pick. I don't think it's that tough, Chris. I really don't. Really. Me either. Because you you, you get home from there's work. There's one thing. There's one there's one person there waiting for you. From Infinite Crisis. And I'm going to draw from that. There's one line that still sticks with me. Superman saves Lois Lane. You know, it's, that's what Superman does. Superman will save Lois Lane. Um, yeah, that's from Infinite Crisis. No, not from... Is that from Infinite Crisis or is that from... That's from Batman Hush, I think. That might... Be, uh, yeah, that's what Batman does to break... Superman out of his uh, spell as well, but I think it's uh, because it's Earth Two Super, the older Superman. Oh, okay. And he's and he's he broke through the wall. Yeah, Infinite Crisis. Uh, Jeff Johns written. Um, Lois Lane. Like, if you're going to have a Superman story in like Smallville, Lois Lane will eventually show up. Uh, Batman the or Superman the Adventures of Superman cartoon series. Lois Lane is in there. The radio show back in the 1930s. Who was there? Lois Lane. Like, Lois Lane is the character that it ex- that breaks through the comics medium 
and is there throughout. 1978 when, Superman movie, <clears throat> Lois Lane. And when she's written, she's, she's written important. well. Crypto doesn't show up. At... Sorry, Paul. You can go keep going with go your ahead, thing. Your... No. I was just going to when she's that, when that she's basically when up. she's written well, she's not a damsel in distress. She's someone who is hard nosed. She's can be bossy. She can hold her own for the most part, but most of the time she's holding her own against super criminals. So she needs a little help. Crypto is not someone who I personally have read in books where he's not just a dog. And most of the time when I've seen him in books, he's actually uh, Superboy's dog um, <clears throat> from the Titans. And I don't really know Crypto in the comic books as much as I know Lois Lane. And everything that Paul said. Like, you do, you, you think Superman, you automatically think Lois Lane. So that's my pick as well. Well, that's fine, because I picked Lois as well, but, yeah. Lois Lane I feel will bad. Be ex- like, I should have gave in... Okay. I should have, like, talked up Crypto a little bit no, more. But no, Crypto's, no, Crypto's awesome, you know? He's a good boy. He's a very good boy. Much like I just hit my random generator for number seven, which is going to be a mother box. The technology from Apocalypse that's kind of like a brain that lets you teleport through everything. So let me write down mother box on my bracket. Mm -hmm. Going up against five... Old Lace. This is the time-traveling dinosaur from Runaways. Uh, bequeathed to uh, Old Lace or uh, to Arsenic. Arsenic. Now, from her time traveling, the Runaways or the Marvel series. If I have one that differs from you, does my, does it matter? Nope, or is uh, it's... It, it does not matter. This is by majority vote. So, mm. say you pick Motherbox, I pick Motherbox. Paul picks Old Lace. Motherbox will be going on. It's through what has the majority of this... our votes. The one true Bagman Boardcast bracket. Uh, that is what we're I'm going to pick Mother Box because I'm not a Runaways reader or fan. And I, you said Old Lace, and I was like, who the fuck's that? And then you said Dinosaur, and I said, who the fuck's that? And then you said from Runaways, and I said, that makes sense. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so uh, easy and simple, I'm Mother, Te- I'm mother Box. Tele- telepathic Raptor. <laughs> I'm a mother box. You guys can do whatever you need to do on that side of whatever you're going to say. Chris, did you want to talk up old lace um, or should I? Because <laughs> um, mother box is going through, right? Like, <laughs> well, no, you, you can go ahead. You can talk talk up what you want. I like. I have no qualms, but I feel like mother box should go through. I just. Feel bad that I didn't talk about crypto at all <laughs> last time. Well, okay, well, Paul, so Paul, I don't, don't want that to happen again with old lace. Bad. This is picking what you want. Like, <laughs> What's it's, it's, it's box. You want apocalyptic <laughs> technology <laughs> versus a freaking dinosaur that shows up in Runaways? They're, they're like, both presented to you. Said, "Hey, Paul, you can have either a mother box here, or you can have a tele- yeah mother box. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Boom tubes." Know the answer to everything. Basically, the Green Lantern ring with teleport technology. Brandon, uh, it's from an evil dystopian world 
that I wouldn't want to be a part of. But if I got one, maybe I'd be cool like Cyborg. Well, the new gods, mother the new box. gods use mother boxes too, and boom tubes. Like it's of that. It's of both sides. New Genesis yeah. uses it yeah. as well. Oh. Okay, then I feel better about. It. Now I'm even doubling down more with mother box. It's well, like it's better. like if you could travel no, through no your worries. smartphone. Yeah, it, that's fine. But you know what? I already have a smartphone, and as much as teleporting around would be cool, I kind of want to just have like a telepathic dinosaur best friend. Like, yeah, a mother box would definitely have a lot more uses. But well, if that's the thing, uh, here's the thing: how much how much money do you spend on feeding your cats, and how much of a problem is it cleaning out that litter box? Well, here's the thing. Because it's a yeah, lot it's bigger a pain, for it's the a dino. Pain to feed my cats. It's a pain to clean out a litter box. Old Lace can take care of herself. Like, if she just wants to, like, run out and, like, do her thing in my apartment complex, that's fine. If she wants to, like. But she ate your, na- she ate your neighbor. Like, is that going to be cool? Okay, no, she'd eat a gator. Yeah, she'd be. She would eat a gator. She wouldn't eat his she neighbor. She would eat his neighbor. Come on. It's a dinosaur. No, it's a dinosaur, no. but it's she's a telepathic smart dinosaur. Telepathic smart dinosaur. She knows it's not do to do what it needs yeah. to do. It's going to be hunting like gators and birds and everything outside. Like it's a smart. It doesn't matter because I'm the only one picking old lace. So mother box is going to be moving ahead. But yeah, this is a I'm, this is the kind Chris, of battle. We're I do have one to. question for you. Yes. Old lace might be a clever girl, but you know who is even more clever. A mother box? A mother box. <laughs> well, that's okay. Because... I had that joke since you... <laughs> At the beginning. And so, I just wanted to... coming into our yeah, next sorry. roundup, we're going to have number 26, which is Skeets. Also, Whoa. traveling through time, uh, the compatriot to the one and only Booster Gold. Skeets also a robot who has a lot of information put into them uh, as a museum, not curator, but, you know tour guide almost, uh, from the 30th century. Going up against, getting numbers, number 13, who's going to be Miss Iris Allen West from over in the Flash comic books. All right. Uh, before we get into this, Chris, I was very nervous yes. about this bracket when he said, you know, the it's blind bracket, you know, baby, the, the blind bracket about, about the characters, like the side characters. I'm like, so we got Alfred, Ma Hunkle, and who else? All right, but so, you know what, Chris? You pulled off Skeets. You pulled off Old Lace. I am, as a bracket man, I want to give you a standing ovation. <laughs> Just a standing slow cat lap right now. So I will let you know, our four conferences that everything's being drawn from, since you might be able to put together at this point, are Marvel Humans, DC Humans, Super Animals, and then AI and Technology. Oh, so the okay. So you because, you're mixing up the conferences. Oh, I'm mixing up the conferences right away. because you're not. No, right away because you know what? It's gonna. That's be, what I I would not have done that. It's gonna be easy to you, pick you, like you. your AI and tech against each other, but you put some of that AI and tech up against you know your Marvel humans, your DC humans, or your super animals. It's gonna be a little bit more of a choice, like, and and that's where the blind bracket comes in because even I don't know what our matchups are gonna be because again. It's all based off the numbers in the random number generator, baby. Thank you, Google. I just have to hit a button. You give me a number. So, yes, this matchup. Skeets versus Iris Allen West. Um, I'm going to be quick and simple. 
My vote is for Skeets, because I love Skeets. I think he's such a great piece uh, to Booster Gold and makes Booster Gold better and more enjoyable to read. I'm a Wally West fan. I read Wally West. Iris pops up. I'm not a Barry fan. I, I enjoy Barry, but Iris doesn't matter to me. Like she's not my, she's not part of my Flash world. Yeah, she's not your your Linda Park West. Yeah, she's there. She's a part of it. She's history, and I appreciate her. But if I want one or the other in my book, I want Skeets. Paul, is Linda Park West in the bracket? She at all? might be. But again, it's all random, so who knows, Paul? Uh, Chris, you cut out. I need to know. <laughs> Because so, let me let me know. honestly because me know I need a lightning am I rod. Back? Am I back? Am I back? And Iris, am I back? Iris Allen is a lightning rod. She is the thing that's going to bring home a flash. Am I back? And you're back. Yeah, you're okay. back. Sorry. Yeah. Again, internet problems, guys. It's outside of my control. Um, I heard everything you were saying, and I'm just going to say Linda Park West might be on the list, but she might not get generated. She might she might not be on there. It's all random, baby. Oh, she might not. Oh, man. Even the people that show up to the dance is wow. This is but this a isn't between blind, this blind isn't between bracket. Skeets and Linda Park West. This is between Iris Allen West and Skeets. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Iris uh, West Allen because <laughs> lightning uh, rod, which is a good point. It's a, a good rod point. That is a good point, Paul. And also. If we're talking about, you know, because Chris set this up for the bracket, it's not just comic books. It's reaching out to the movies, television shows, anywhere. And I really enjoy the Flash television show. John, I know you uh, fell off of it. But uh, I forget the actress's name. She does an amazing job as Iris West Allen. Um and for, I'm leaning that way just because of that. I know in Justice League Unlimited, we got an amazing Skeets. We got such uh, a great with Skeets. With the Golds. Skeet uh, is great I no really matter enjoy- what. Skeet, the Flash. Skeet is great no matter what. But I like the Flash more than Booster Gold. Oh, I, do you I like, agree. Therefore, do you like Wally West? And the Flash? What, what Flash do you like? Wally West. I do, do you like, like Wally West in comic books. Piers or Barry, where there is no Wally West, because that's the that's our Flash. This is the Flash that we're living in. The Flash that I'm living in is also the television show that's also airing right now, which is which and that, that Barry is a little Allen. more Wally. He's more Wally. Yeah, I so, agree. That that Iris Allen, West Allen is a little bit more Linda yeah. Linda Park. That's what, I mean. Well, that's yeah, and that's fine. I can. I'm all this is okay because so, it doesn't matter because I'm also going to vote for Skeets because <laughs> <laughs> Skeets is like the ultimate wingman, so he's he's going to go through. And he also got wings. He's also got wings. I'm going Iris West. Uh, so our next matchup uh, from over on the Marvel side of things, we're going to have Miss Pepper Potts. So Pepper Potts 
And this is drawing more from the Marvel Cinematic Universe side of things. Uh, she's always there to pick up and clean up after Tony. Well, that, that none of us are. She's, none of us are sorry. Iron Man readers. So we no, probably never read her in the comic book. So it's only from Marvel Universe. But, you know. Yeah, and also the only other edition of Pepper Pops I've ever had is a Pog from uh, <laughs> the Heroclix. <laughs> and she did nothing. <laughs> she blocked that shot once. No. One shot and she died. KO'd. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be Pepper Pots going up from over in the Hellboy universe. Ooh. Going up against Roger the oh. Homunculus. Oh, man. Well, I'm sorry. What's Who's the question? Pepper Pots versus who? Uh, Roger the Homunculus. If, if you haven't read Hellboy or the BPRD, not enough to know Roger the Hermunculus. Uh, think like uh, yeah, I don't know how to put him into good, good just, Frankenstein monster. Like yeah. A, yeah, a Frankenstein okay. monster so. that has a conscience, that is a good conscience mm-hmm. and wants to do the right thing. And so you mean Frankenstein's monster? Yeah. But uh, uh, on a yeah. on a nicer, more verbally, you know, on a really good side. Yeah, oh, a more locutious. No, uh, yes. This is someone who Hellboy awoken, and then they had the fight, and basically Hellboy kind of talks him down, and realizes that he's he just woke up. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he's been sworn to protect this one thing that's not even there anymore. And like he's was able to talk him down and then bring him into the BPRD. And then in the BPRD, he's just like he's like he's like the Martian Manhunter of the BPRD. Like he's kind of that. That I think that's the perfect way to sum him up. Yeah, he's like the the soul. Like he's the heart and soul of it of the team. Like. To me, it's like Roger. I didn't even think Roger would be on here, but Roger's going to go. Uh, he's really. He's f- in the A. He's in the AI tech quadrant of the bracket. Uh, Roger is going to go really far on my bracket because he is like he's the heart and soul character that every team should need. You know, like if oh, if man. we were doing one of our our round robin things where it's like. You're creating a team. You need the heart and soul. And somebody took Martian Manhunter, and somebody took this, and somebody took that. And I was smart enough to think of Roger, or I I would think like, yeah, automatically this guy's he's got to be on your team. He's got to be on your side because he's a great component to that. <clears throat> yeah. Also, he's a homunculus, so he's basically just like a golem that's been brought to life by sorcery. So he's kind of unstoppable in a way. Um, he would be my pick as well. So, Paul, if you want to go with Pepper, that's fine. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. He, uh, Roger, the Humoculus sounds like a great pick. I'm going to say, I just ate some goop. I just lit a candle that smells like a vagina. I'm going Pepper Pots all the way. Why would you have a candle that smells like a vagina? Because because Gwyneth Paltrow put out a candle that smells like her vagina. Really? Yeah. Does it smell like apples? Because that's what they named their child. No. <laughs> Oh, that's like, the only thing I can imagine. It smells like a funky vagina that doesn't wash. <laughs> Anyways, heading back up. So we now have Lois Lane versus the Mother Box. 
I'm still super laughing, crying. I didn't you know how I do. I didn't know about that, and that's why I'm glad I don't follow celebrity news because that's just terrible. I, why would you do that? Well, Chris, when you're out in the news garden, sometimes you pick up some rotten vegetables. Oh. What can I say? Put them back. Throw those under the uh, compost heap. That's the news you don't want to talk about. I'm gonna go with Lois Lane in this matchup. I'm gonna I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna go Mother Box. Ooh, so I'm going to be a and tiebreaker that's, at that point. I think it's more important in the story to have Lois Lane versus Motherbox. You could come up with another thing, another technology to like do what you need to get done, like the back computer, the Green Lantern ring, uh, some interdimensional porter, portal. But Superman without Lois Lane is no longer a Superman story. Yeah, but uh, she's not that big of a component because uh, with the New 52, she it was Superman without Lois Lane. You had a whole you had a whole year. Oh, you so you're a big fan of the New 52. <clears throat> you love the New 52. You'd yeah, say I think the, the one. Version. Would you light a New 52 <laughs> scented candle? Is that what you're saying? I I, I mean, it didn't smell like shit. And it didn't smell like a stinky vagina. Uh, no, no, that's the new I, the 52. Is, is that's that's what you get. Lois Lane is great when she's written properly, when she's written as a strong character. Mm-hmm. You don't get Lois Lane always written that way. And I think that's a problem with the, the writers more than the character. But even then, she's made to be a damsel in distress. And uh, it's only recently where I think she was more written as more of a, a solid character. Uh, An event in Leviathan? Or- no, I mean, I, I would say in the last maybe ten years, you got a strong Lois Lane oh, okay. somewhere in there. Um, but she's not a character. I, I don't, off, I don't, I don't super care about Lois Lane. I think Mother Box is fun. I love, I always enjoyed when the new gods showed up in boom tubes and the Mother Box. In the last couple of years, I've really kind of fallen in love with the new gods and everything with, um, what's his name's Mr. Miracle Run. And then I picked uh, Tom, thank you. And then I picked up some. Um, I picked up some stuff of, um, what's his name? The creator of the new gods. I'm, I am like, uh, t- uh, King of Comics. Uh, Jack Kirby. Jack thank Kirby. you. I've read some of his stuff, like his stuff on him. I've read histories of these characters, and I really enjoy the mythos that goes. W- that Mother Box goes with. Much like you're saying, you can't have Superman without mm-hmm. Lois Lane, you can't have New Gods without Mother Box. That's where I'm falling. I I actually wouldn't care. But it's, it's no. not what those titles or like franchises well, Exactly, but... Well, it's what you would pick. I, and I would probably pick Mother Box. But, okay. I mean, it's, it's... Paul's picking You Can't Have Superman Without Lois Lane... I'm picking You Can't Have New Gods Without Motherbox. Chris, what are you picking? Uh, well, for me, if I had to come home from like a long, terrible day, what would I be more excited to see? Most likely a Lois Lane. Uh, Lois is going to be my pick from that. And it's nothing against the Motherbox because it's an, 
incredible piece of technology. You know, it's somewhat sentient. It has all the information you'd ever want to know in it. It can teleport. That's dope. I don't know. Like, there's just something about Lois, just like that headstrong, but still like self-reliant, capable nature that she has. That yeah, I would rather have a Lois in my life than a mother box. Yeah, I married that. I picked a mother box. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That's my pick. Um, the this next is going to be probably, gonna be. This is going to be, gonna the be pretty one. tough. Uh, and this is going to be Skeets versus Roger. And much like I was a tiebreaker on the last one, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this one off because I think. John, you might wind up being the tiebreaker on it because Paul has no idea who Roger <laughs> really is. Um, but I'm going to wind up going with Skeets. They're both fantastic supporting characters that are going to stand by you no matter what. But like I said before, Skeets is going to be the ultimate wingman. I'd rather have Skeets as my bro than Roger as my heart, if that makes sense. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm going out to have a good time, I'm going to want to have Skeets there. If I'm going out to feel sad for myself and mope, I'm probably going to want to have Roger. If I'm going out to mope with Skeets, you know he's going to be trying to pick me up the whole time while Roger's just kind of letting you letting you vent and he's going to like feed off of it. I don't know. For me, it's going to be Skeets. Paul? gone? He might not be back yet. I'm back. Okay. So, Just got back. No, no, no worries. So, the next matchup uh, is going to be Skeets versus Roger, and I picked Skeets. I'm also yeah. picking Skeets. Just because I... Okay. He doesn't Bye. know who Roger is. Why would he and pick who, Roger? He doesn't, he doesn't know. Uh, and Chris, did he pick Motherbox, or he did he Lois pick... Oh, I picked Lois Lane. So, Lois Lane okay. will be going okay. forward. So it's Lois Lane versus Skeets in the next. It one. is, yeah, uh, but John, I, it's this. Your, your vote doesn't, doesn't matter, matter, but your vote still matters. It doesn't matter, but yell it just like I did for Pepper Pops. Um, <laughs> I think I would probably lean towards Skeets as well. This is probably to me like probably one of the hardest ones on this list. Maybe I don't know. Maybe who knows? Um, because they're both like favorites of mine. They're favorite supporting characters of mine. Um, and I think what you said the most, like, on a team, you have, like, the heart and soul. Another ice cream cut, guys. Just so you know, if you hear it. Um, There's two that come through every single day. I live in Florida. People want their ice cream. I don't know if they want it during a uh, quarantine, but they're still out there trying. Uh, and, but Skeets is that he's... he. Roger might rally the team, but Skeets is always there to rally you and help mm. you through things. So I probably would pick Skeets over Roger in the end, um, even though Skeets is already going through. But yeah, it's it's Skeets. Well, our final matchup on this half of the bracket then is going to be Lois Lane versus Skeets. Well, if I... Not a tough choice. If I was going to pick Motherbox over Lois Lane, what's better than Motherbox? Well, it's Skeets. Well, 
<laughs> Drew. I'm still I'm still going Lois Lane. Like honestly, she's the linchpin. She's the reason why I think most Superman stories works. So, Booster Gold he, he's the Jiminy Cricket to Booster Gold. You know, Skeets is I think you can still have Booster Gold without Skeets. Would it be as fun? No. But is it still doable? But would you rather yes. have Skeets without um, Booster Gold? I'd rather Big have question, Lane man. without Superman? You'd have Lois Lane over Superman at that point? If we're talking about either, you know, which one would we rather? Skeets over Booster Gold or Lois Lane over Superman? Lois Lane is an investigative reporter, reported journalist who can get into her own trouble and also go up against supervillains yeah, and also try to find Skeets her way could be out. like Pizza Dog. <laughs> he has his own little adventures. Yeah. He's helping people out. He's doing this. He's work. doing that. That'll work for one issue, maybe two. <laughs> but it's Lane a great issue. Hey, her are own you series. Still reading, uh, the Jimmy Olsen stories. No. Are those yeah, they stuff? are. So, that answers your question. You wouldn't be reading the Lois Lane book. Actually, there is a, there is a Lois Lane book. Event Hall of- are you reading that? Yeah, out of, of, out of Event uh, Leviathan. Yeah, yeah, that's ended. But, yeah. Yeah, you good. read all of them? You bought all of them? You- no, I didn't read all <laughs> of them. This isn't gotcha. Re- I didn't read any comic this, books. That's gotcha not comic it's book like- journalism. <laughs> Yeah, but so I got him. I got him. You didn't read them all. Yeah, you got me. Oh, you got me. Oh, yeah, but did I read any comic book? No. I read I the ones for the show, and that's told it. Me that Everybody I knows to that. Read and I and you guys bought. <laughs> and then I buy a comic book from the eighties and make yeah, you guys. Yeah, and then that's we, the thing. We sit on it for a month until we get to it. Well, it's okay because Paul, you pick Lois Lane. John, you pick Skeets. I am obviously going to go bros over hoes. I'm going to pick Yeah. I think Lois Lane is a very good character. I do. Yeah, I mean, she she progressed through, and I mean, it's not like she had the hardest matchup going up against Crypto, but I feel like as someone that, you know, quasi-built this bracket, I think Lois Lane would probably stand up against anybody else that she came up against in that first round. So she's a, yeah, just looking at it, Lois Lane versus mother box. We already saw and Lois Lane moved on Lois Lane versus old lace. Lois Lane, Lois Lane versus Iris West Allen. Lois Lane. Yeah. Lois, definitely. I would have went with Iris. We could flesh versus Superman. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's going to well, end up this half of the bracket. I, and I just, I, so sorry, just like no, Iris West is a spinoff of Lois Lane. Like Lois Lane is the original, and Lo and Iris West is the Flash version of Lois Lane. Like you got to give it to Lois against Iris West. Just, just say, my that's my opinion. Yeah, but we're not doing that in the bracket. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but we're not. not. But so what we are doing not. in the middle of the bracket <laughs> is reviewing our next beer, correct? Mm-hmm. And we all have a peanut butter beer. We do. 
Um, and thank you guys for kind of tying your beers into mine. If you don't mind, I'm going to go first because uh, my beer is actually a peanut butter version of the Deja Mu that I had for my last uh, beer before we got into all this. So this is a milk stout, again, brewed with chipotle, cocoa nibs, but then also has peanut butter added to it. And I put this one a little bit above the regular Deja Mu. It still hits all those other notes, but that peanut butter up front is just so enjoyable when added to a milk stout. As soon as I just get that first taste of that like peanut butter kind of like like starchy maltness to it, like I don't know how to describe it, but it's just like that fresh peanut shell taste in my mouth. I just love that flavor, and then like the like sweetness and that cocoa on the back with that tiny bit of pepper because it's still not that strong in this beer. The peanut butter makes it all the better just because it's another layer to kind of travel down through. I would definitely drink the peanut butter Deja Mu over the regular Deja Mu any day. And full disclosure, by the time we started up the main topic, I was ready for my next beer. I had already cracked a peanut butter Deja Mu and drank the entire thing before we got to this point. I had no issues with opening up a second one. And I'm on that now. It's it's a great beer. And it's just... Adding peanut butter to any milk stout is just going to make that milk stout better. It's science at this point. Uh, and I am... I'm having uh, from Thin Man Brewery a beer that I talked Paul out of buying the other day. Uh, I'm having a peanut butter Jenkins Imper- Imperial peanut butter stout uh, coming in at 11.7%. I think this beer is very good. I feel you get a nice peanut butter on it. It's on the smoother side for being that 11%, but I do not feel like it is worth twenty one ninety nine for a four-pack. Uh, I paid that, and this beer is from December that I bought uh, New Year's Day at the brewery. And I think the beer is very, very good. I think for an 11% beer, it's not hot, it's not boozy, it's fairly smooth, and what Paul would have bought would have been a second batch, which was brewed back, I think, in February. Um, but I think for the price point, for a peanut butter beer, I think Paul's got a better buy. So and just to jump in, because this was one of the beers that you gave me when you guys actually came down uh, for a Disney trip back in February. I loved this beer just because it did have that great peanut butter taste, but then there was such a nice it's, richness It's very on it. rich. I would take a peanut butter Jenkins over the peanut butter Deja Mu just because this is kind of lacking that sweetness. Like it has that peanut up front and then there's like three other levels that you travel down through on your palate before you get to like, ah. peanut butter Jenkins though. Like that's a dessert. Beer. It's, like, I would not be surprised if that was like a Southern tier Blackwater series. Cause like it's, it's got it. Yeah. But you're paying almost double uh, that price. Like to like, and and I was looking at my buddy picked up a 
craft your own. I think, Paul, you had something else in your hands and your third beer. The dragon's, dragon's milk. milk. And then, and then yeah, you were and then buying this, this next beer. Yeah. And the beer, the beer that you really wanted was the dragon's milk. Like, Paul had texted me, because I let him know, I was like, hey, I got some really good beer. If you wanted to come, I can make you, I can make you a special package. Um, and then he said he really wanted a barrel-aged beer. And he got his he got his dragon's, dragon's milk, milk or better. And at that point, his his prestige beer was the dragon's milk. You know, like, and I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, and you can have this twenty two dollar beer. Like to me, I was looking at what he was already buying, and I wanted to make sure he got mm-hmm. the best bang for his buck. And I hope I I so, hope I did, Paul. Do you like we, what you're drinking again? Uh, I, I don't want to jump. Yeah, in, yeah. I don't want to jump in front of you, Paul. But it was twelve dollars for the four pack of the peanut butter Deja Mu. I I enjoyed it, but I would probably take a Dragon's Milk before because I just really love that beer. And Paul, I hope it hasn't been hyped up too much for you at this point because you haven't had one of these in a while. So. Before you talk about your next beer, how did you feel with that dragon's milk? I'm just curious. This is for me more than the show. Oh, oh for the sh- uh, for you, yeah. No, dragon's milk. Like I've had two of them uh, since I had one with my steak dinner. Perfect, perfect beer for a steak dinner. I uh, overspent a little bit for you know one and a half inch cut porterhouse center cut steak. I don't know if it was overpriced. But it was a locally uh, local bar uh, butcher getting a local cow. No, not federal. Oh. This is uh, Morty Meats on Elmwood Avenue in the city of Buffalo. They uh, they deal with local farms. This is a local cow. No for- antibiotics. All grass fed. Fourteen ninety nine. This is. Uh, I don't know the price per pound. I, uh, he's but I know that I bought two sta- two. I, I oh. worked in a butcher, you know. I worked in a butcher shop. I was just wondering, like, it's me. I'm trying to figure out what it would be. I spent seventy one dollars on two steaks. Ooh. I think happy I, birthday. I think you paid a little much for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my birthday. You know, it's, it's birthday, birthday weekend, hey. and I I wanted really and to find a porterhouse cut steak right now. It's difficult, like. Yeah, you you either have to go to a federal meets, and I don't know where this cow comes from. This cow was bred, born, and raised in Eden, New York. How oh, it ate, so, it ate so much corn. I mean, did you say did you say inch and a, inch and a half so cut? Much grass. Yeah, inch and a half cut. Thirty. I mean. You saw I, the I picture saw the, of the I steak. I saw a picture. I saw a picture so it's down about, of the steak. I didn't see the thickness of the steak, but even still, that thick of a porterhouse. I mean, you're getting a strip and you're getting a tenderloin. You're like you're getting those two attached yeah. to the bone. I, uh, it seems. It still seems a lot. I mean, thirty. 30, 34 odd dollars somewhere in there, like it's, a steak. That's yes, thirty five plus. Uh, but it's all it's all organic steak like that's what he does like that's you know, how did the beer discussion become a steak discussion 
because Paul said he overpaid, and then I'm, you know, I'm. I worked at a butcher shop for five years. Like, yeah. I just want to know if you felt like you overpaid for the dragon's milk because that's like my. No, that's my no. Dragon's like, milk. You you underpay for a dragon's milk. It's fourteen ninety nine. Fifteen bucks for that uh, four pack of that beer. I still got two more left. That beer pr- paired perfectly with that steak. It was uh, that bourbon booziness uh, just held up to that richness. And man, John, when I cut in, like I ate the strip first and then went over to the tenderloin point. That tenderloin was freaking meat flavored butter. <laughs> That's what that was. That was not meat. That was butter that was flavored with steak. Like, I I put the knife next to next to that meat, and it just sliced. Like, there was nothing to it. I put it in my mouth. It disappeared. Good. It was I, delicious. It's all that, it's all that matters. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I've been sous viding. I've been sous viding all my steaks, and mwah, it's it's one of the best ways to cook your meat. Oh, it, it, you're doing the reverse here. Well, we sous vide, and then we've been doing where you sous vide first and then uh, sear it in the pan with butter and and herbs. Delicious. Uh, but Paul, what do you think about Gunner's daughter? Gunner's daughter from Mass Landing. No, Chris. To answer your question, Dragon's Milk still worth it. Cool. Still my go-to glad, bourbon barrel aged uh, stout. Like for it's that a, price I point, mean, I'd much rather go with Dragon's Milk than KBS. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Anything else over CBS? Really? I mean, it's. I mean. That surprised me. Like, Even over CBS? It's over $20 for a four-pack. CBS pack, is his own thing. $14.99 for a four-pack of of uh, dragon's milk. I think... I see, I... I think taking for, price point... Like, just like a regular sit-down drink, I would rather have like a dragon's milk, but for like a treat myself, like, I'm going to invest. I'm, I'd rather go for a CBS. I don't know. If I was drinking the beer alone, I could understand what you're saying, Chris. But I was going in to pair it with okay. a steak and then have a bourbon barrel aged uh, beer to uh, pair with a creme brulee. I love both like of these real beers. Creme brulee, not the southern tier. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no losers here. Aged creme brulee. You guys are fucking crazy. Sorry. No, no. I'm Kate. I think Dragon's Milk is your better bang for your buck if you're drinking that with a meal or with a, with food. CBS is great if you're drinking it alone and you just want to sit there and drink a beer. If you're there playing a video game just and you want to experience the beer alone on its own, I can understand you being like, yes, CBS is your better value. But paired with food, Dragon's Milk is your better value. I think I think all around awesome. dragon smoke is and better. then mess, yeah, landings. mess landing. Gunner's daughter, Gunner's daughter, milk stout, a beautiful aromatic milk stout with bold flavors of peanut butter, coffee, and dark chocolate. That's what it says on the can. Five point five alcohol by volume. Served in a one point can 
four pack. Bought this at the recommendation of my good friend John, who's on the show right now. Uh, this starts off good, very nutty, very earthy peanut butter. Like the Smucker's natural peanut butter flavor. Not your Jif, not your Peter Pan, not a sweet. This is not a dessert. Peanut butter stout. Uh, and then it, you know, evolves into that dark uh, coffee, uh, dark chocolate malt. I wish that peanut butter was more lingering. But I'm glad that peanut butter hits me up front, at least. Um, for a peanut butter stout, this is decent. I'm liking it for the price point. Awesome. I'm glad I didn't spend the extra 10 bucks on the peanut butter Jenkins. Um, but I do feel like it's a little bit lacking in the peanut butter department. The only reason I was going to buy a peanut butter stout was because my good friend Chris... Hey! Uh, posted a picture uh, <laughs> that he bought a peanut butter stout, and I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. I wish I could have one right now. But from his description, I feel like I'm okay, because <laughs> peanut butter stouts are difficult to get right. And Mass Landing, it's okay. It's barely scratching that itch, but I don't know if there's anything out there that I actually would be like, yes, this is exactly what I want right now. Do cost sweet baby Jesus. Ooh. It's the best it's Duke the best sweet baby hands down that's what I want. Peanut butter yes, that's beer you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what and, I wanted. And I saved you eleven dollars plus tax and deposit. But well, I, I appreciate and, that. And, no, I really John don't let this get away. I really do appreciate that. Except if he could have said, Paul, just save your money. Wait until Dewclaw, sweet baby Jesus, comes back out. Might have appreciated you, a little bit more. Wanted, no, this is good. I'm glad I have it's, three it's, more of these. It's not this a bad, is not beer. bad. For the price this point and getting a peanut butter dark beer, it's it's great. You know, it 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 works for the price and for what it is. For a five percent beer that has that nice peanut buttery yeah. up front, like yeah. I don't know. I think it works. And I think just for price yeah. point and saving you While I'm playing video games, I will You'll pound it. Well yeah, while I'm playing videos, this is gonna video games, this is gonna work well. I would oh. not pair this one any kind of food. I'm so happy you steered me to dragon's milk. John straight yeah. A's across the board. On That's all your recommendations. So I'm, this I'm pretty good at it. Straight A's. Uh, what else is my job is doing a podcast. Let's get to the next side of the bracket. Ooh, you ready for us? Yeah. You ready for this? You don't, don't even know. know. Nobody can be ready. We don't. don't. That's, right. I think, like, <laughs> usually Paul and I, or Paul and I have been the bracket boy. <laughs> so this is. You're, you're bracket this boys. This is totally new for us. Blind bracket. I talked to Paul for like no 10 worries. I talked to Paul about 10 minutes like I don't know what blind bracket means. What is he? I I don't know what well, he has in store. Don't worry. Cuz the first uh I was late coming back from work because of this. <laughs> the first two times I hit my uh regenerate button it was stuff that we had already picked. But you're in luck guys. Because I finally hit again, and it came up with number 12, who's James Gordon. 
Going up, oh, nope, number 26 was Skeets. Hitting it again. So, yeah, oh, fuck. Um, number 12 going up against number nine. So, James Gordon going up against Alfred Pennyworth. Ooh. Oh, oof. Yeah. This is what happens is when, you don't, when you don't see things. Mm-hmm. James Gordon, uh, uh, Batman's I number one I in the, to, I think in I, the Gotham uh, City Police Department, going up against his number one at home with Alfred Pennyworth. Um, big matchup. Wouldn't have planned it's on work wife versus home life wife. It's uh, I, since I basically was calling this the Aunt Alfred Pennyworth bracket. I don't think it would be fair for me to pick anybody else than Alfred Pennyworth. He is the character that you think of, that side character. He's not a sidekick, but he's the one just below that. The one that actually gets everything else done. The one that balances that work-life balance, bro. The one that makes sure that when he come home, he suture up your bullet wounds. He's taking those calls from that girlfriend that you're just hanging out with in order to get the press off of you so that everything's okay. He's your pepper pots to your Iron Man. Well, actually, he's your penny worth to your Batman. But he's the original. He's the OG. He's the butler that Jarvis wishes he could be. He's Alfred Pennyworth. James Gordon, he just shows up on the rooftop and is like, yo, Batman, I got some news for you. Batman's like, yeah, I already know. And he ditches out on him before he already knows he's gone. John? Alfred Pennyworth also drops some, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and that's what leads to the breakthrough for uh, Batman. Remember in the animated series where Batman, where he brings out... Uh, I'm just vamping until John comes back. <laughs> and, uh, when he comes out, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, uh, Master. I brought your, su- I put your soup in a crock to keep it warm." And he's like, "Crock, crocodile, <laughs> the killer crock." <laughs> so uh, Alfred does that. I was gonna Jim Gordon. None of it. I was gonna throw this over to John because these are both great, strong supporting characters. You're back. I already started talking, so too late. Your voice not gonna matter. Um, <laughs> But originally when I was building this bracket, it was going to be like the best sidekicks. And then I came to Alfred and I'm like, well, no, Alfred's going to beat anybody that he comes up against because he's consistently there. And he has such weight in that Batman family that the other sidekicks don't even view him as a sidekick. It's like, well, no, like Alfred's always there for us. That Alfred is what made me change this from sidekicks to supporting characters because he's there for everybody. And yeah, James Gordon, he's there for Gotham. Like he's trying to do his best, you know, stacked up against the odds. So much so that, yeah, he's listening to this vigilante. He's working with this vigilante character. But you can't top Alfred when it comes to just being there for that main character or secondary or tertiary like Alfred's there for everybody in that Batman universe you can't top that yeah hands down 
Was Alfred Gunner your, your pick? Uh, I was probably vamp about both of them, and in the end, pick uh, pick Alfred. So perfect. Because he, you can't just like James Gordon, like because yeah, James Gordon's gonna James Gordon gonna win against anybody else he comes up against. Uh, like, James Gordon against almost anyone else, yes, would move forward. Uh, so hitting the button again. Ooh, okay. So this one. Might sound a little bit weird when you think, like, supporting character, but hear me out. Because the next one's going to be Mr. Charles Xavier. Because, yes, he's something of a main character, but when you read an X-Men comic book, Xavier, a.k.a. He's, he's just, he's a jerk. He's just Chuck. at home. He's, he's, he's just at kind home. of there. And, yes, he built the entire X-Men universe and like the Xavier school but when it comes down to it besides some of those 90s comic books where he's like up and walking around again he's just that dude that's at home like manning up on Cerebro Um, so Charles Xavier going up against number 28 which is the Green Lantern ring Uh, you read a Green Lantern comic book you know what Green Lantern is this is the ring it's basically the ring that's only limited by what your imagination is. Um, does it work against yellow? I don't know, man. That depends on you. Can can you get past it? Can you overcome that fear? If so, yeah, the Green Lantern ring is going to do whatever you need it to be. But what I need it to be right now is the next matchup going up against Charles Xavier for your best supporting character in a comic books medium. Chris, have you started any of these yet? What do you mean? You mean like, like your my, pick? My first have pick? You, have you picked I haven't first been yet? because I've just been throwing it out to you guys mostly because, again, yeah. these are all things that I picked to be on the bracket, and I don't want to kind of lead the oh. the conversation down Take that your road. Pick. Um, I just it, feel like this is an easy one for all I of mean, us. I it, mean, it's but an easy ahead. one for go me first. at least because. You give me the option between a telepathic cripple or a ring that's going to let me do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Green Lantern ring. I love Green Lantern. It's a- Green Lantern is my go-to like comic book superhero. Someone asked me, hey, who's your favorite superhero? I'm going to say Green Lantern. I might think about it for a second. Be like, oh, Batman? No, Green Lantern. Um, Charles Xavier. Yeah, he's a great, strong character, but comes down to it that that ring is going to do whatever I need it to do yeah we were at Bagged and Boardcast Green Lantern comic book podcast for quite a while it's the Green Lantern ring like Neil Holtz bar like it's a clean sweep right John I don't know I, th- I think I would I think I'd <laughs> lean towards what you're going to Charles Xavier <laughs> There's no way. There's no way that John goes gr- Charles Xavier over Green Lantern. Right? The guy. The thing is, like, is there's so many things that like that writers have done with Professor X. Even just now with um, Hickman's run, where he's creating this new utopia and he's using his power to do this and that, and he's trying to save the mutant race, and and then it's Green Lantern, right? Yeah, and it's then Green it's Lantern. Green Lantern. Right. 
Enough said. If anyone said like, if anyone said like, the one that has writers have been going back and forth about what it can do and what it can't do and all the different things that suddenly it can or can't. Like we voted on Motherbox, how many? Which is basically a less powerful <laughs> Green, Lantern uh, Green Lantern statues slash Green Lantern rings. Do I have in my office? Yeah, and how much Charles Xavier stuff? Zero. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's it's the Green Lantern. Ring. If anyone said like, oh, if you were gonna if you were gonna have okay a super if you're gonna have a superpower, I would either be the Flash. Or Green Lantern, and I would pick Green Lantern over the Flash anytime because it. I I can imagine so much. I can do so much. I'm willful. I I'm a Green Lantern candidate. Are you willful? I am. I'm very willful. <laughs> do you have the power <clears throat> to? See, I do not have the power to overcome great fear because I cannot get on a freaking Disneyland ride. Because I'm so afraid of it. So, I know I would not be able to harness the full power of a Green Lantern ring, but maybe I could will out some cool stuff every once in a while. Maybe a boxing glove. But, um, probably wouldn't be able to fly with uh, it. Because I do not have the power to go overcome right uh, here. I, uh, yeah, I have that thing where I can, like, I could jump off this. And then I jump off that. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got the ring. It's gonna... <laughs> It's gonna yeah, carry even now you. without the ring. I'm on the roof and I'm like, let's see if I can jump off this. And then I do it and I hold my ankle for like five minutes and then I get up and I walk it off. Like I, yeah. What's the worst that's gonna happen? Well, Green Lantern ring is gonna move. Captain America says Green Lantern ring is gonna move on. Uh, our next mashup, oop, already hit that number. Is gonna be number three. Coming to us from the super animal side of the bracket, uh, you guys may know him from the, the X-Men universe. This is going to be Lockheed the Dragon. Yeah, Lockheed. Uh, and just for you know, argument's sake, Lockheed knows you and understands you. Um, not so much mystic as he is, like, extra-dimensional alien life form. Uh, yeah, Purple Dragon. He, I, I kind of view Lockheed like I do Skeets almost, where he's just going to be like, no, this thing's bonded to you. He's going to be your bro. Like, he's there for you. Uh, hit and generate again, going up against number 31 from the AI and tech side. Uh, this is going to be the Visions. So, not the Vision, but the family that he built for himself. In the Tom King Visions comic book. Yeah. See, this is hard because I don't care about either one. Wow. See, I okay. like the well, daughter because she did, like, she was on in different superhero teams. But if you're yes, adding. Uh, Viv in the Champions is fantastic. If you're going to add. Them, um, and that why, that's why it was a conscious decision not to put Vision in versus the Visions. Yeah. Because. Vision's gonna win over everybody because I mean you got the crazy mom, you got the psycho okay. son, you got the dog, and then you have the one character that actually did something versus a character that I know that was attached to Shadow Cat in a series that I never read. I don't think I've ever really read a book 
maybe one or two that actually had Lockheed in it, and if he did anything, I don't know. He ate all those bread eggs and like uncanny. John, I can solve that for you during a word. <laughs> during a uh, look. Are you going to say word uh, books with that. friends? Paul, you sly devil. Sneaking in that plug for the side <laughs> podcast, which you can also listen to this. Uh, Trade in policy. Right this. Tr- Trade in policy to what, Paul? But, uh, no. I could always pick a book where Lockheed and Kitty Pride. Or uh, you know a different atomic duo in a trading policy, you know that yeah, seems like a nineteen eighties book. It's gonna be from the eighties. Right up my. Well, it'd probably be an Excalibur book, so it might be good. Uh, but in those early uh, so Vi, so basically it's Vi. It's yeah. Are we all kind of agreeing it's Vi versus Lucky? Uh, because we don't like any of the other parts of the vision. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean that she's the only likable one. So, makes sense. I'm still going Lockheed. He's a dragon from an, another dimension slash he could be an alien, who knows. And he breathes fire. Versus the visions which are just a plot point in one miniseries that was good. Glad I read it. But, man, I would not... If I was, you know, mowing on my lawn, let's say. Hypothetical question. Nowhere in the realms of uh, what just happened to me before recording the podcast. And, you know, I'm mowing the lawn just trying to get it done so it can come back inside. And I'm stopped by either a flying dragon or by neighbors that happen to be synthesoids or whatever you call them. I'd much rather just sit there and talk to a flying dragon than a family. Does Lockheed talk back? He doesn't. Don't care. But he's cognizant and, like, smart enough to That's probably why I'd rather... He knows what you're saying, Uh, and, like, he might not be able to communicate back, but he... Paul's picks Lockheed. Chris, what are you picking? Oh, I would go Lockheed, because I would rather have, like, a super smart dragon pet that's again this is the old lace argument like I would rather have like a cool like reptile that knows what I'm getting at and can be like yeah bro that's cool than like a weird murderous and I'm fine with that (laughs) well that's fine I do like Viv a lot uh, but Lockheed will be moving ahead Um, let me get my generator back open generate number 24 Oop, that was Pepper Potts. Hit it again. Downside to doing a random, like, sometimes the same thing pops up again. Uh, also, okay, number four, coming from the Chris, super animal. Chris, there should only be two. What? There should only be two left. Oh, yeah. But, On your generator, there should only be two left. This is the last matchup. Well, this is the last matchup, but I have other numbers from- associated with different characters, Paul. Oh, That's the right, thing. right. Like, oh, I have four conferences, but there's <clears throat> lists of characters or things associated with each one of them. Uh, but number four is going to actually be... Standing ovation again. A, it, it's all random. And even... Oops. Even though... Sorry, I'm trying to write, and I wrote things wrong. Uh, even though some of them might, might not be the strongest... Uh, an example coming to us from the inhuman side of the super animal bracket. 
Lockjaw? Lockjaw. Giant teleporting dog will be going up against... I'm taking a lockjaw. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, lockjaw. Num- number 29. Lockjaw all the way. From the AI tech side, uh, Brother mm. I. Brother I being... Yeah, lockjaw all the way. Being Bruce Wayne's uh, super smart satellite that's watching and keeping an eye on all the superheroes and everything that's going on. Ultimately leads to the creation of OMAC, uh, the crux of Infinite Crisis. Chris, are you um, are you are you picking Brother Eye yeah, because it's Lockjaw? It's Lockjaw. I would I would rather have big <laughs> teleporting dog than a crazy weird satellite. All right, so then it's Alfred Pennyworth versus the Green Lantern Ring. Yeah. This is toughy. It's a toughie. Chris, you get you get to start um, on this. Because you don't get to start on the generation. And plus you really, get to, so. you get to pick mean, the tough one. For for me it's yeah. not that tough. Like I love Shh, Don't tell him that. I love I love me some Alfred, but man if I walk into an alley and I see a guardian there who's ready to hand me a ring, I'm gonna be like, okay. I'm going Green Lantern ring because Hey, you know what? I I wouldn't be able to like support having Alfred around in my apartment as it is, so I, I could <laughs> keep a GL ring. Uh, John, if I if you were to walk in and somebody's like, you can have this butler who's going to help you out. He's going to be great. He's going to he can patch you up if you get a bruise. You got a kid at help with different stuff, or you can have this green lantern ring, and I can just fly and pick my car up and take it to wherever I need to go, and I don't have to drive, and I, I can just have a green lantern ring. It's going to be green lantern ring. Paul? <laughs> the green lantern ring. Uh, no, I would have went with green lantern ring. I really thought John would go with Alfred Pennyworth, because, you know... John has a kid at home, so <laughs> at least then Alfred uh, can just take care of the kid. It seems that diaper, but sure, I can create no. constructs for him to play with. Hey, it's a teddy bear that's walking around. Hey, it's Kermit the Frog. Hey, it's any other green thing that you like. Yeah, but you got to use your yeah. will to do that. And my kid would willfully. My kid would use that uh, ring. Green lantern ring. Maybe my kid I can would get use over that ring fears. to willfully roll over while you're changing his diaper because he's an asshole. <laughs> right into his poop. Well, uh, next up we have a meeting of the locks with Lockheed and Lockjaw. So, teleporting inhuman dog versus fire breathing telepathic dragon alien thing. Uh, Lockjaw. Uh, let's see here. Lockjaw, he good boy. He good boy. Uh, two. He teleport you like a mother box. <laughs> he best boy. Lockjaw. So you both say yeah. Lockjaw? Okay. I honestly I would have said Lockheed. Maybe it's just because I'm used to having pets around. Like I'm just cool with having like an animal around me that's gonna be my buddy. And if it's just like a purple dragon, like I think That'd be really uh, I love Cooper. Cooper's a great dog. 
If Cooper could teleport me places, he'd be even better. Mm, good to know. John, it's dinner time. Do you got to go now or do you it. go let's to finish the this next up. round? We're, we're always there because the next round we have is going to be the Green Lantern Corps ring versus Lockjaw. And I, I'd... I think I I'm think, the only dissenter here. I think I'd say Green Lantern Lockjaw. ring. I would, I would also say Green Lantern ring because... Wherever you want to go, Paul, you'd be able to fly there. Why do you need Lockjaw? Yeah, but Green Lantern Ring... <laughs> Green Lantern Ring, not good boy. <laughs> Lockjaw, he good boy. <laughs> I knew you guys would say Green Lantern Ring. Uh, Lockjaw's awesome. I, I Like, I feel bad. I still feel bad about Crypto. Well, That's why. <laughs> well, Lockjaw's also... Skeets! Also, at one point, Lockjaw was also a person who... Like Terragenesis morphed into a dog. Do you want to have a slave, Paul? <laughs> Don't put it like that. <laughs> Anyways, so our final matchup coming down to the Green Lantern Ring and Skeets. Which this one's I I know where I would go, but I'd f- I feel bad about making that call. This. I feel it would be easier for me to have a skeets going around because I wouldn't need to put any effort into actually getting skeets to do what skeets going to do versus a green lantern ring where I'm going to have to try to get the green lantern ring to do what it's going to do. So I think I'm going to skeets. I'd I'd go green green lantern ring. I can do that. I I mean, skeets would be your best friend. The green lantern ring is going to tell you Whatever you want to do, you do it. Um, I, I think that's my pick, too. So, I feel bad because I would love to have Skeets just, like, floating around me. But yeah, ultimately, uh, Green Lantern Ring, our not best, but maybe favorite supporting player in a comic book. Um, John, I know it's dinner time, you gotta go soon. But... Just how the random numbers work, we didn't really pull up a lot from the Marvel side of things, where we had characters like J. Jonah Jameson, Willie Lumpkin, Foggy Nelson, Mary Jane Watson, and Alicia Masters. DC, we also would have had Jimmy Olsen, Harvey Bullock, Mon Pa Kent, uh, Dr. Leslie Tompkins. Super, uh, super Animals, we had Ace the Bat Hound, Pizza Dog, The Lion Cat, and Chewie, a.k.a. Goose. And then AI Tech, we had Jarvis, uh, and then the We Three animals from the Grand yeah. Morrison comic. And, and then mm. then add-ons, um, we also had Lobster Johnson, Liz Sherman, and Linda Park West, too, because I was trying to keep it even between, and then uh, like other characters kind of kept popping up. And that's where you're, like, Roger and... Um, I think taking those characters and maybe adding some other ones is a great list for another episode. Like, I thought this was a lot of fun. Maybe we take those characters, add some other ones, and uh, do it again in a month or two. No, I think, John, it's up to you to make up a blind bracket. Hey, blind bracket, baby. Completely blind. Well, I, I it's have, up to you. Uh, not a bracket, but maybe I was gonna pin uh, 
Chris and Paul against each other in a uh, quiz show that's uh, definitely playing to each of your strengths and our friendships and uh, play something that way. So that was my, I was going to have a fun game show episode where I can do my game show voice. <laughs> the answer is, is Windows 10. Windows 10 for everything. Uh, but if you enjoy our show, and if you have an idea of something fun that is different than we normally do, find us over on the Facebook, post it there, rate and review us wherever you listen to us. Uh, we don't know uh, if you have been doing that, because we're not sure exactly everything that we're uh, posted on. But we just like doing the show because it's, it's fun a, for us. We get it's to a great talk way about for things. our friends to stay together, and that's half the reason. Uh, that's ninety percent of the reason we still do this show is uh, keeps us all together and um, chit chatting and being friends. So thank you for that. If you do listen, uh, and know it's a uh, it's just it's just us friends together. You're one of us. <laughs> <laughs> 